Welcome to another episode of Middle Ground with JLE LLC, where we treat you like family. That's the theme song, Detroit Love, off my first album, The JLE Experience. I own the music and copyright. Don't mute nothing on Facebook. We got another amazing guest for you in this season 10 of awesomeness. A fellow musician, which is awesome to have one of them. We have co-founder, president of Children of Promise Development Services, owner of Violin Studios, Monica Lee Jackson. Orchestra, Chamber, Music, Violinist, Monica Lee Jackson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And it's your first time, so we got to bring out the Dom Perignon red carpet treatment. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <we're> good. <laughs> Thank you. So we're going to get to the first question. What led you to this path? So, what path? I've got lots of paths. Right? Whichever one you want to speak on. Take your time. Take your time. So um, as a violinist, I've been playing violin for, I've been, I'm in my 53rd year. Awesome. Coming up on 53 years. And I actually uh, went to play clarinet um, in the third grade. I wanted to play clarinet so badly. And so I went to sign up when it was time to sign up for music. And they said, ooh, we don't have any left. But we got some violins. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to play the violin. <laughs> Dang. I, I cried. I really did. I cried. And, you know, we'll just, just, you know, just take it home and we'll, we'll get you another, we'll get you to clear in that one when it becomes available. But oh, um, that didn't happen. So, and, and plus, I had a cousin. Who he was about 15 years older than me, and mm-hmm. he um, he played violin, and I didn't know. Okay. That. And so he came over to the house with his violin one day, and he just propelled me. You know, all the things they said I couldn't do. You know, don't take this out of the instrument. Don't take this out of the case. He said, forget that. We're taking all of this out. Tell <laughs> me how to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Gotcha. So, and uh and he just he really you know just really mentored me and um trained me and, and taught me things that the school just wasn't going to teach me you know okay so, and made it enjoyable so that was that path <laughs> and I, I had already played piano and i was okay. already playing piano because my grandmother was a pianist in the church organist and i literally sat under her feet yeah. Um, most of the, um, every Sunday, you know, she played at three different churches, and I, I went with her every Sunday to every church. And, now, mm-hmm. would you have thought sitting by your grandmother at that piano, you would have been taken on this musical journey so far? No, not at all. Um, plus, I wanted to play the piano. I didn't want to play the violin, you know, professionally. I thought I was going to go to college for piano until my violin teacher, who um, was really interested in me and really wanted me to go to school for uh, violin, he asked me to play something. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't <laughs> because I really wasn't that good. <laughs> okay. You got to practice. And he was like, well, you, how are you going to go to college and you can't even play? And I was like, well, I'm going to learn. Oh no. no! No, let's not do that. So um, yeah, so I, I didn't. I never really thought I would be um, a pianist, but I always wanted to be a conductor. 
I thought I wanted gotcha. to be a conductor. And so I uh-huh. tried that too. And then I said, oh, no, this ain't it. Rising <laughs> seemed to be the uh, constant, you know? It seemed to be the only thing that stuck. Yeah, around, so. you said clarinet. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Conductor, piano, you want to do it all. That's awesome. I, I, I did. I thought I could do it all, but now, it just kept getting mixed out. <laughs> I can say at Wayne State Choir, Every so often, Professor Teeny, shout out to him. He was head of the music management department. He was yeah. over the choir. We used to have Augusta Hill. He was amazing, too. Oh, yeah, he would let someone get in front of the class and do the conducting. I'm like, Man, I don't know what to do. Like, you see me do it, Jeff. Just go ahead and do it. Like, all right, bro. Right. So I'm up here doing it like, well, think about the Bugs Bunny and Tom Jerry cartoons. And they was up there. <laughs> serious with it. And I'm like, all right, I got this. Come on, give me some more of that. But I was joking at first, but in doing like, you know, you do start hearing, hey, I need more alto. That's too low. Like, oh my God, this right. is real. This is a superpower you get hearing these different yeah. sounds. The levels ain't the same. Yeah. And he's like, you and catch them. I'm a control person. You know, my kids <laughs> will let you know, they will tell you. They like to control stuff. So I thought, you know, conducting would be the best way to control the orchestra. Now, I, I got to be real with you. Yeah. But when I was when I was doing all them choir classes, I'm like, man, I don't want to see this old, tired, classical Western crap. What are we doing this for, dude? Come on. Now, Dr. Augustus Hill, he was like, all right, I'm gonna show you something. I'm like, okay, what's this old cat gonna show me? What, what do you know? You know, you, you gotta get from done. The best. You learn from the best. And he let us harmonize it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this stuff do sound dope. And then he said, go home and listen to. Some of your favorite artists, like, well, Joe, Brian, and Knight, Alicia Keys, they play a lot of piano. Go listen right. to their music. You're going to hear Western classical. I'm like, no, you lying. You lying. <laughs> I'm sitting there with headphones like, oh, snap. Yeah. You really do hear this stuff in this music. Yep. So I do need to learn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Gus is, you know, he's an amazing com- composer. Oh, he's yeah. an amazing mathematician. He's, a, you know, he's just an amazing guy, but he is so musical and he can really, you know, I mean, that's that's awesome that you got that from him because he can really, you know, shape that whole idea of blending, you know, the things that you don't want to be bothered with, with the things that are important and that are good for you. And then you take it and you enjoy it. And that's, that's really what happened with me over with violin. I, I began to enjoy it, and then I said, "Okay." Okay. And then, <laughs> and then he blew my mind with the ear training. Like, okay, yes. this, this old cat coming again with this bull job. What he on? Yeah, right. He's right. shaking keys. I'm like, "What you shaking keys for?" That's E flat. No, it ain't. He do it again. Press the key. I'm like, "Man, that's a magic trick." Do it again. G yeah, sharp. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell is he finding this? Like, you got to listen with your ear. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. And, and you know, the, the thing about that, too, is, and I learned this when I went to Oberlin. So I went to Oberlin Conservatory in Ohio. And, you know, I was, yeah. I, what I learned, one of the things that I learned there was, was how difficult it is for people who don't naturally listen to Western music. You know, mm-hmm. you don't regularly, it's not in your house, you know, that's not what you listen to first thing you hear in the morning. But mm-hmm. yet, you know, you go to a history class, you go to a um, theory class, and that's pretty much all you're learning. So 
here I am in class with these people whose, you know, parents were orchestral musicians, whose, mm-hmm. um, you know, opera singers and, you know, who went, who already came from some, you know, major type of musical background. And I had to learn it from the beginning. You know, I had to know, I had, I, who, who is that? You know, what, what is that? And, I, I was a music theory, like, what, what is this? <laughs> right. what, are, what are you talking about theory? Exactly. Oh you know, it, it was difficult. But at the same time, what I also learned was, you know, the things that I did already know, I, it helped me to to kind of leapfrog over some of those, those kids that, you know, had to learn it um, by the book. Because there were always things that um, mm-hmm. were, you know, that if you could just pick it up, then you, you were going to be all right. <laughs> you know? oh, oh, I was intimidated in music theory oh, when yes. like the people yes. coming in with they big whatever's guitars, violins. I'm like, exactly. they've known this since they was a baby. I don't know nothing. Right. Right. But we start they start talking theory, argument the seventh, and we all looking like, oh, I ain't the only dumb one. Okay, I feel good right. now. Right. We all going <laughs> we all gonna have to figure this thing out. All right. It's, uh, it's, it's even. Let's, let's go. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Let's yeah, too bad after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but that's definitely, you had a good experience. Uh, yeah. Hey, now, have you ever had the same issue? Once you open your ears up, you hear everything? So, um, just, just as an example, I can't listen to music at night. You know how people go to sleep to music? Mm-hmm. I can't. Because it's it's literally playing in my head, whatever I'm hearing, you know, whatever's on the radio or whatever it, it I'm you know I'm just constantly hearing it. Sometimes I'm even playing it while I'm asleep, so I'm not asleep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, gotcha. I don't know if that that answers that, but it, it you know it, it's just kind of like yeah I, can I, only, I can, yeah, I can only do that while I'm you know in in this state because I mean even I'm, now. I find myself, I would hear something farther away, like somebody coming. How do you hear that? Like music may open your ears up and start yeah. screeches like, oh my God, stop. Like that's not loud. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm hearing yeah, everything yeah. farther away. Whatever you're doing, please stop. Right. Exactly. Like a dog just screech like, ah. <laughs> and like, what's wrong with him? Oh, he music. And, like, and you, yeah. you tend to hear music in, in places that other people don't. You know, and and I don't mean physical places, but you know, there there could be something just ticking, you know, something just you know, water dripping or something, and and you hear it as a sound, you hear it as you know a a, a rhythm, you know, and then it and then it can either you know be agitating, <laughs> getting on your nerves, you know, or you can be you can feel creative because of it, you know, but that that has happened quite a few times, you know, or I'll hear a B flat. And I'm just like, stop, what is that? Oh, the light bulb. <laughs> you know, that's the hum from the light bulb, Lord. <laughs> yes, yes. And then I, I run into my piano and hit the note. Yep, that's a B flat. <laughs> you know, yeah, the dryer is going, and, yeah. you know, and I hear, I'm hearing rhythms, and it's like, oh, that's the dryer. <laughs> you know? I start recording my phone, like, that's a beat. I, I might need to work on something later. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have good evening from Bridget Rodriguez. Hi, Bridget. 
appreciate you showing up. And she also said she used to listen to gospel music. Gospel music is one of my um, favorites, favorite music, but, you know, in addition to the reason that it is gospel music, but mm -hmm. um, it, it's, I, I can, so as a, as a young person, I, um, I didn't regularly play in my church, but okay. my church um, that I grew up in, I'm from Pittsburgh originally, Pennsylvania, okay. and the church that I grew up in, in Aliquippa is called the Church in Around, and it is, it was, and still is a, like a musical legacy church. Okay. People came out of there and, you know, everybody was musical. It was crazy. It was, it was in the water or something. <laughs> I, I mean, singers, you know, you'd be like, well, now why they don't have a record contract? I don't, you know, I don't understand. Okay. But my music director at the time, um, Curtis, mm -hmm. what was Curtis' last name? Lewis, Curtis Lewis. Okay. He he saw something in me, you know, mm -hmm. as a as a classical musician. He saw he saw that, and he would have me play for like Good Friday service or, um, you know, just kind of like special services, right? Gotcha. And he would tell me, you know, I'm I just I just think you are just so amazing, and I'm sitting there saying, dude, you just sat up here and played like a whole church service with no music. Like you, you just made up some songs, you know, <laughs> it's like, I, how can you, you know? And so for me, the, the respect, you mm -hmm. know, of gospel music musicians to, to the majority of them not being note readers or, um, you know, classically trained or any kind of trained for that matter. I don't know yeah. if it's still like that, but you know, back in, back in the, back in the day, it was very much like that. And I just, was just amazed and i can remember um i can re i think i was at u of m at the time okay yeah i think i was i was at u of m and the the, the gospel choir and actually i think it was easton's gospel choir was practicing in one of the um uh one of the choir rooms okay and i was in a i was in a quartet rehearsal so it was for you know three other people right and I heard these people saying, you know, oh, they sound amazing, but it's so simple and basic. Mm. And I was like, I said, so what's simple and basic? So, you know, I had to, I, you know, I had to go to, I, I can't let that stuff slide. And I said, I, I said, what chord progression are they doing right now that, that is so simple and basic? And he was like, oh, you know, it's just your regular four, five, one. So four five one is your basic basic, right? That's just yeah. dun dun dun. You think, and I said you need to go listen again. And so I walked with him <laughs> to the choir rehearsal. Okay. You know, they, you know these people modulating all over the place. They there's not a four five one in there anywhere. It's like oh augmented sevens. Oh what you know? And he was just like oh 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 you know. And I said don't don't put the people down just because you can't do it. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, so that I was really grateful that they were actually on campus because it did expose, you know, some things to people who would not normally hear gospel music. Um, I could tell that they they did enjoy it. They just thought that it was simple. Oh and man! Their, and then their eyes got open. Their ears got open, and their eyes got open. I was like, no, that's there's nothing simple I, I about commit. gospel music. I wasn't a fan when I was young because all of a sudden, like the old organs and sad mm -hmm. stuff. But a guy worked with um, throne music, 
John Johnson. He's like the Christian hip hop Drake. Okay. I met him at Wayne State Student Center building. He like, I got some gospel music. I'm like, I don't like gospel because like you can't diss the people because they're talking about God, but you see, cool, I'm listening. And I was blown away, like, dude, yeah. where your album at? Because this yeah. is good. Yeah. This, this yeah. like you are musically trained and making some dope stuff. Yeah. I've been rock with that dude ever since. Yeah, there you go. I think I just heard his name yesterday for the first time. I, oh, I, yeah, I did, yeah. And yeah. dude. Own music, <laughs> the dude beats is crazy. That's funny. That's funny. But we yeah, had a funny yeah. moment working on my second album when I was playing stuff at home on my piano, and I was, you know, you get you start getting to the point that rhythm time I play it, mm-hmm. it put it on the board, and he checked it like the time is like, hey man, this is kind of right. I'm like, well, I told you I had two piano class in 2000. That's like my right. bass. Like, wait a minute, you got me doing all the work, like, bro, it's your crib, and I ain't trying to both. But I told you, like, nah, get over here, give me hand the wheel. You start doing this thing, I'm like, oh, I can drive the car. That is like catnip, like, oh my god, let me do it. Like, man, ain't nothing like doing that, too, though. Ain't nothing like doing that. Now, what is Violin Studios of Monica Lee? How did that come about? Say that again. I'm sorry. I missed you. What is Violin Studios of Monica Lee Jackson? And how did that come about? Okay. So um, I I actually started teaching violin um, when I was about 14. Wow. Um, Yep. I was was a part of of, of an organization called Ozanam Springs in Pittsburgh. And we had a... um, summer and a, like an after school program so okay. it, it was amazing i mean awesome. it just i played with people like um count basie um, maynard ferguson stanley turnting um stanley clark so wow. it, it, and we had this it was this little white nun <laughs> she, <laughs> she decided she wanted you know young black kids to learn how to play the violin and so she had brought in the Suzuki program, which is a, um, you know, it's a, it's a method, uh, a, a method of, of violin teaching that okay. is still going strong. But at the time, um, it was not in Pittsburgh. So this would have been like in the early 70s. And I, I wasn't a part of the program then. But she took it to an area called the Hill District in Pittsburgh. And um, hey, BJ, that's my brother-in-law. Okay. But um, she took it to the hill and basically just got all these kids to start playing, Thanks for you know, violin, right? And then it expanded into an orchestra and, you know, wow. it was just crazy. And so I joined in when I was in high school. So by now they had um, what had actually happened, that cousin that I told you at the beginning that, mm-hmm. was, that you know, helped me. Well, he took me to one of their concerts, which was at, um, Heinz Hall, which is like orchestra hall in Detroit. Okay. And so he took me to one of their concerts and, ooh, now see, I, I need to have my violin. They had their violins on their laps and they was doing like this. Oh, wow. This is, this is in 70, what, six probably, maybe 70, something about that. And okay. they were like this and then they was doing like this. Getting and it like, in. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, I want to okay. do that. I want to do that. So I ended up 
you know, uh, one of the people in my high school was a part of the organization. She invited me and I went out and I did that. So while I was there, I would teach and I taught some of, you know, they brought in little five and six year olds and I nice. would teach them. And it was fun at the time, <laughs> you know, and I was, you know, I was making money as a 14 year old, you know, oh, you was balling. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> like, and I can look back on it. Right. But, you know, and I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it over time. Um, and then when I moved to Michigan, um, I worked um, in Ann Arbor for a bit. And then when I uh, moved, literally moved to Detroit, I just, you know, opened, you know, started having uh, students, private students. And then eventually I was homeschooling my children. Okay. And so... Um, I was at, we, we would go to these classes on Fridays. It was called an, an enrichment program. And okay. so they would, they would have, you know, my daughter would take um, jewelry class. We took biology there, um, you know, just different things that they could take that I didn't want to teach. Okay. And so I decided to take that time while they were in class from nine to about three. I said, well, I'm going to practice. I was still playing in orchestras, you know, and I found a room. It was in a big old church, you know. I found mm -hmm. a room and I was practicing. And one day, one of the directors heard me and she said, Do you teach? And I was like, No. When you see me playing, I'm playing. I'm not teaching. I'm playing. <laughs> Practice time. No. Okay. And she kept she kept coming back and she kept coming back and she said, You know, there's so many kids here that are listening to you practice and they really and I was like, ah, okay. So I ended up, um, the majority of my studio was my homeschoolers. Okay. And that was, that was amazing because it was just, you know, it was so free. It really was because there were kids that would come in and say, you know, my goal is to learn the music from Rent. You know, I was like, what is Rent? <laughs> the Broadway musical, you know, now I okay. got to learn it. You know, I want to learn music from Disney something, you know. So it was, it was kind of like, I would say, well, you got to learn this first, then we can, you know, so here's, here's the carrot, right? Awesome. <laughs> you want to play. So a couple of kids, we did some hip hop stuff and okay. you know, it was, yeah, it was really cool. But, and then my kids went to high school and my homeschoolers, you know, they was giving me some real interesting, you know, I didn't have time. How the heck you ain't got time to practice and you homeschool? I'm just saying. Because I, and I could talk from, I can say that because I homeschooled also. Oh, my man. kids had a big old calendar, you know, a chart that said, oh, you yeah, know, practice piano for 30 minutes, practice violin for 30 minutes, you know. So mm -hmm. when you tell me you don't have time, it just, you, you're not trying. You, you know, this is just a notch on your so you could say you, uh, you know, play violin. Hey, I had to go to a, a piano teacher to get better because I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get this music degree. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Right, right. Sound like Spanglers. And one of my choir mates was teaching at the spot out on Warren Pass Telegraph. Got the name of the place. Okay. And he started breaking down like, you know, the four count for whole notes, half note. I'm like, no. <laughs> one and two and like oh you do that when you're playing the piano he looked at me like bro I've always sung in choirs but ain't nobody broke the game down like that Right. I'm like I'm two I don't care I want to learn yep I'm learning all that progressions like 
expression. It's extremely helpful in music and even outside of music because you know oh, yeah. people people still they don't they might not know they're doing music right, but you know they they are and and, and it would just cracks me up especially you know dancers you look at people with dance stuff they gotta count they gotta count they can't just you know <laughs> i feel like making my left foot go over here no you go on four you know <laughs> so but that so that's how i did my studio and okay. eventually i did I, I took in a lot of students um high school students and you know, and eventually, I think in 2013, I just said, you know, I'm done. Okay. I'm done with y'all. A lot of time, man. I, I, it was 40 years at that point, you know, I said, I'm done. That's a lot of time. <laughs> I love y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever worked on hip-hop music? Recorded? Um, not, not, not technically. So I've played stuff, you know, I've, I'll play things and just listening, you know, sometimes, sometimes I just get in those modes where I just want to play something other than Bach, Brahms or Beethoven, you know, and okay. I'll just pull up, you know, I'll just pull up something, you know, but these, look, these young kids, they, they got it. I ain't, you know, I, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm absolutely nah. loving it. I was, I was listening to something today. Mm -hmm. um, of, ah, I wish I could remember what it was. I don't remember the name of it, but a friend sent, sent me to the YouTube and uh, it was a YouTube, it was a TikTok, but it was just on okay. YouTube. And it was something about it, it. The question, the guy posed the question, if you, if your um, wife made a million dollars, you know, every year, would you, would you be a stay at home husband or something like that? Okay. And I, I, that, I was hoping that would help me remember the name of the song, but it doesn't. But whatever the song was, it was straight up just a rap song, but there was this hip hop violin up under it. And I was uh, like, whoa, who is this? And I could not, they did not give credit. I was mad. They didn't give credit to who it was. So I, I couldn't tell, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I, but I, I'd like to play with, you know, I, I'll play with people, but I, I'm not really, I, look, I, I let the other people do that. <laughs> I, I can say I fell in love with the violin sound when Wu-Tang dropped. They reunited some back in '97. Right. Yeah. You about to go hang out downtown? Like, ah, I'm not be quiet. Like, right, right, right. Hip -hop? like, oh, that is killing it. Oh, I need to use that one day. I love that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, I, I'm, you know, I have a lot of friends who do it, and I support them one hundred thousand percent. Because, you know, even that, if you, if you look at um, some of the backgrounds of, of most of those hip hop violinists, you know, you look at Black Strings, you look at, you know, just, they didn't, they didn't went to Juilliard and they, you know, oh. they, they, they got credentials, you know, mm -hmm. they, and for the person, okay, so, you know, Wynton Marsalis? Mm hmm Okay. So Wynn Marsalis, when he was, before he was Wynn Marsalis, <laughs> he was at gotcha. Oberlin. And I, you know, and I, and I was able to kick it with him, you know, and he was cool and everything. And he was, at the time, he was just jazz, right? Just jazz, straight up jazz. And next thing I know, he pulls out this classical, he drops this whole classical CD. Just the whole thing is all classical. It, run, it won a Grammy, right? right. Won a Grammy. And I remember asking, so what in the world made you do that? And he said, because people said I couldn't. 
<laughs> people people thought because I did jazz that I wasn't good enough to yeah. do classical. Jimmy this, you can do anything, man. Yeah, you know, and that was his thing. He was like, I can do it all. I'm choosing. You know, I'm choosing to do jazz. It, yeah, I could do classical if I want, but let her, let them other people do classical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's and, and that's kind of how I feel about hip hop right now. Gotcha. You know, it's it's like there's there's a um, there is a um, what do you what would I call it? I, you know, so, sometimes you just need to let other people do things. I got you. You know what I'm saying? It's like let them do it because they can do it so much better than I could. I could learn it and I could do it well eventually, but. You know, yeah. that's about This yeah. your mom here, Tanya Jackson. Hey, darling. Uh, no, that's my sister-in-law, and it must be my mom and dad. Yes, my my my, my husband's parents. Hi. Awesome. They must be on my sister-in-law's uh, login. <laughs> She's the techie one. <laughs> awesome. Now, you did go to the Herbalist Conservatory. What was that experience like? different um i just you know see you you didn't mess up how much time we get because y'all be here all night hey I, um <laughs> no i so it just is a little background i in pittsburgh um i came from i did not i went to public schools um our school district was sort of a 60 40 mix white black gotcha. you know but it was you know it was mostly it was mostly influenced you know a white mm -hmm. culture um, but I had a, a, an orchestra teacher, uh, Mr. Yessi, his name is Carl Yessi, and he's phenomenal, just phenomenal. He, you know, he was straight up Italian, <laughs> you know, he had that <laughs> Italian temper, <laughs> but he really, he again, saw something in me in my high, my freshman year. And he, you know, really mentored me, got me in programs. I toured Europe for three weeks, you know, wow. when I was in, in my freshman year because of you know, his connections and things that he was able to put me through. And so um, my high school principal was actually a black, a black principal. Okay. And he came up to me and asked, he said, would you do me one favor? Would you apply to Oberlin College? And I said, what is an Oberlin and where <laughs> is it? You know, and why would I want to do that? And sure, Mr. Ray, I'll do that for you because I love you. You know, you've helped me in ways that people don't even know. So I'll do that. And I, my mom and my dad and I went to the campus mm -hmm. and my mom just loved it. She fell in love with it. And so oh. I was like, well, okay, I like it too, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, and I got in, yay, got in. And nice. one of the teachers at my high school said, you probably don't want to go there. Mm. And I said, well, why not? And she said, because you're going to feel very out of place. You you don't have the money that those students had. You don't wow. have the background. You don't have the experience. You really wow. should stay local. Wow. And, you know, and so, of course, when I graduated, I literally went back to her classroom with my diploma because at Oberlin, they give you your diploma on stage. It was okay. waiting until you, you know, six years later. You got it on stage. And after graduation, I because they were still in school, I, I'll never forget. I walked right up in her room. 
you know, because, but at the same time, it was very much like that at Oberlin. You know, the, the it, you know, there were three, four or five black students in the conservatory out of, you know, 400. Okay. Um, it was, it was just a very, um, it was, it, it, it could have been more difficult than it was, you know, I think because I had such a, a, a grounding in who I was and what I was capable of. Um, I actually had a person at my senior recital okay. um, come up to me afterwards and say, wow, you, you, you were good. I'm surprised. He said this to me, like it was supposed to be a compliment. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. So what? I, you know, I just was like, but so that, you know, but other than that, it was amazing. It was, it was the highest level of, of um, artistry. Okay. The, you know, the, um, because it was a conservatory, we ate, slept and breathed music. Okay. 24 seven. Um, out of my 121 credits that were required for graduation, only 10 of them had to be non-music classes. Wow. So, you know, I, you were in the conservatory all the time, performing, playing, listening, you know, supporting that, that was all it was, you know, and when I went to U of M, it was very different. Um, I, I loved my experience at U of M, but I can't imagine having been, you know, an 18 year old. Um, I was, tw I was like 25, 26 when mm -hmm. I was, you know, and I, so I was like, y'all can go sit down because I, I know people who can play rings around you you know so I, you know I'm just it was yeah. just like it was just very different it was very different but Oberlin really gave me a foundation in my music um those theory classes I, you know I found out later that a lot of that stuff that we were doing were graduate was graduate level work oh wow and and I was just like well that's not fair but okay <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah Y'all could have told the sister because I, I didn't even have undergraduate level work, you know, uh, but at any rate, it was an amazing place. I would tell anybody to go there um, if you were serious about music, if you were, you know, serious about wanting to be the best, you know, and every, you know, I, I can remember one of our first, the first year I was there, we had a, like a freshman orientation type thing. Mm -hmm. and. The, the whoever was speaking said, take a look around you. Everybody here was number one or number two in their class. You can't be, not, ain't but one, one and one, two. You can't be one or two anymore. <laughs> he said, some of y'all, it's going to be hard because you like, uh, what you mean? I'm not the top, you know, but that, that's what happens. You put in one and two, then somebody got to be three, four, five, six, you know. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it was just the cream of the cream of the cream. Yeah, and, you know. said the best cream rises to the top. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Now, you're an orchestra, chamber music, music violinist. You play all around Detroit Opera House, Max Fisher. Mm -hmm. What is all that great experience like doing that? Um, one of my favorite um, comebacks to people who want to tell me that I'm, you know, just, I'm not, I don't have a real job. Oh, wow. Is, 
Yeah, I've had that. I've had that. Yeah. Um, my, but my favorite response is, I'm sorry you don't enjoy your job. This is my, <laughs> I, I love my job. <laughs> you know? Okay. You picked the wrong, you know, and that's honestly, it is one of the most um, satisfying, gratifying, um, just, you know, on all levels, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. me playing for people or whether I am listening to someone or, you know, as I did at the opera, whether I'm helping other, you know, musicians and singers do, you know, be comfortable in their space, uh, whatever it is, it's just, it, it's an absolute joy. Um, and I, you know, make no apologies for enjoying it. <laughs> you know, I get to meet great people. Um, I, you know, I got to, I got to go to, you know, different concerts and, you know, when I, I lived in New York for a little bit and, um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I was at Carnegie Hall all the time. It was a part of my job. It was a part of my job, you know, and I met some people um, who are now, you know, principals at, in the New York Philharmonic or their household names, you know, okay. but they were startups, you know, when I met them. So it, it's, it's just been just a wonderful, and it's, it's a continual thing. You never get to, you know, you, you're never at a place where it's like, okay, seen it all, done it all, you know, <laughs> met everybody. <laughs> you know? I got you. I got There's you. always something new, always something new to learn, you know, so nice. I, I appreciate that. Nice Vision is really a nice place. We performed there once with the Wayne State Orchestra. Okay. Now, maybe your your genius and your experience, you can explain to me why you had a choir behind the orchestra and we got to sing to the back wall. I'm like, what, what is the point right. of this? Man? Why, <laughs> but why you're on risers. You're on risers. You're above the orchestra. No, Monica. Right. You know, those, you know, those, <laughs> those instruments as loud as I don't know what. We, <laughs> we trying to superheroes to blow it past. They're like, dog, why we got to work this hard? That's all I'm yeah. trying to understand. Sorry. <laughs> But it always works. I, I do. I play. Um, I play there with um, Oakland Symphony in their, in their okay. chorus. And this was the first year I didn't. I didn't do it this year. Um, but I've played there many. You know, many, many, many times. And I, I've never not heard them, Jeff. I mean, I've never not heard the chorus. Oh, because oh, oh, I came in here with Professor Dr. Hill and Professor Tini, who was the person. They took their butt way to the back. <laughs> And they're like, you better pay attention because I'm going to be doing the, the time of Jerry. I better hear every voice. I'm like, is this person serious right now? Right. Do you hear this orchestra just loud? They're like, Jeff, you tripping? I'm like, dog, dude, we got to breathe. Dude, I'm tired, man. I didn't work eight hours. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was beautiful. I'm sure it was beautiful. And, and then just the experience, you know, when I first moved to Michigan, um, so that would have been in 87. Mm -hmm. um, the next summer, summer of 88. Okay. I, I got to play at orchestra. It was orchestra hall then just orchestra okay. hall. Right. And I had no clue because I, I wasn't from here. You know, I I'd just been here and I was in Ann Arbor the whole time. So I really didn't know. But um, I ended up playing. Do you know? You remember? Do you know Marla Gibbs? You ever watched like the Jeffersons? Two two seven. Um, she was the maid. 
so she, she's got an amazing voice and I, it was me and two other violins and was it Maurice Davis? I think it was Maurice. Yeah, I think he was the trumpet, but you know, they had a band and, a, and mm-hmm. that was my first experience in Detroit. And oh, wow. it, you know, it wasn't until years later that I realized how awesome <laughs> it was. You know how amazing it was. Like you played an orchestra and you 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 know with three other people. Oh my god! I was like, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's, it's an amazing experience because we did the show, and when I reflect back on it, they they worked us they worked us hard to make sure. Oh yeah. We was crisp. Yeah. Some suits and dresses better be righteous. Yeah, you know, walk in like soldier, get up there. When I start, <laughs> go. Yeah, but, but that that space that space commands perfection. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it you you just can't go in sloppy. Not in nah, you just can't. Nah. You know, it, I heard that breath. Don't do it again. Like yep, hey, yep. You can hear everything. Yeah. You know, it is it, and, and it's just such a, a just an amazing place to be you know and to play in so like i said i was i I had no clue i was in you know such a place of royalty you know musical royalty people dress up they go there yeah oh yeah you know little detroit kid i'm like we we got we really got the arts and stuff around here they right right. yeah all right so we have i mean we was a bunch of misfits we was the core union we wasn't the 18. Right, right. It was ones that was just boom, like, oh. Yeah, it had like a three, five, enough G pair out. So we the misfits. That's 18 right, right there. I yeah. got you. I but, hear you. But you got up there and you did it. And that's all that yeah. counts. Yeah. <laughs> and we did it. That was a great time when I look back on it now. Mm-hmm. But you musicians work. So you see right. them perform these places, they work. Oh yeah, yeah, and and the, and the goal is to make it seem easy, you know. Because if it looks hard, then don't they, you know, nobody nobody believes you now, you know. But when it looks easy, it's like oh, they just playing. <laughs> the dopest moment we performed at the Sacred Heart Church on Woodward. Mm-hmm. I forgot the composer, but we performed his music, and okay. he 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 did the, he did conducting, and he loved what we did. Now of course wow. our professor. He, he wanted to be a little extra with it. We like, dude. Yeah. He said we was good. Can we stop? Now? Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that last little bit out of it, like dog. He said he made it. He said we good. We need to take a break. <laughs> that's the that's the musician, you know. You got to get it perfect. <laughs> now, you're the co-founder president of Promise Development Services. Oh my bad, I said it wrong. That's all right. Children of Promise Development Service. Yes, yes. I wrote it down here too. Mm-hmm. What made you start that and co-founder? So I, I am a co-founder. My other co-founder is I co-found with Tony Potts. Um, I am no longer president. I was um, president for a couple of years. And then now Cassandra Hall is our president. Um, but uh, yeah, Tony and I were, you know, we, all, we always say we were two swim moms who, um, you know, took our kids all over the world. No, I'm just kidding. Took our kids all over the place. We drove everywhere, you know. <laughs> we started out in Detroit. That's where we met. And then the uh, the rec center that we were, our team was swimming at was closing down. And they told us the day that we had rehearsed, uh, we were in practice. 
Oh, wow. It was like, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, we're shutting this down effective immediately. It was like, what? So um, our coach couldn't locate quickly enough a another facility, basically. And so we split up. And it was kind of sad because we were a majority black team, which was very, um, you know, uncommon. Um, so, it, you know, but it was, it, we, it, we were like a little family. So a lot of us went to, you know, my kids went to Northville, out to Northville. Some people went to Farmington. Some people went, I think that was, it was, that was those were the main places. Uh, Livonia, I think some people went to Livonia. So we were there. And so what ended up happening was we, you know, because we were split up, we kind of felt like we were missing that camaraderie that we had, you know, just as African-American swimmers um, who knew. And, and our, our team, our kids were the best. They, they literally were the best. You know, they was winning state championships and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So now now that they're all split up, you know, you, you got people sort of not thinking you're the best or thinking you probably aren't going to be the best. So I might not give you the same kind of attention or, um, you know, help or assistance or whatever. So we, um, Tony and I just, you know, was, you know, just having just jaw jacking one day and, that, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could take them, take the kids, get a group of kids together and go to a swim meet that was happening in, uh, where was this one? North Carolina. Okay. And so we, you know, we did a little fundraising and um, got some people together and we got a bus and we drove on down to North Carolina and our kids, you know, won all this, won everything. It was great. But at the same time, there was, it was a, a field of like 600 swimmers. And wow. they were all African American. Nice. Every last one of them. There might have been a Hispanic person in there somewhere, but they were all black. And yeah. it was, you know, every we all walked in like this, you know, <laughs> because we had, you know, we had never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> we had never seen that before. So it was just like wow. And you know, the same issues my daughter hair had with her hair. It, it was the same issues that other people had. Nobody was asking her, is that your hair, you know, pulling on her braids? You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 all of that. Don't you do and that? So, you know, we um we decided we decided to go ahead and, and just start this nonprofit and that that was the basis for it. You know, we we're gonna go to different swim meets. And so we we took the kids to North Carolina, uh, we took them to um Orlando, we took them to Washington, DC. And, um, you know, just made a really educational um, time out of it. You know, we would go see different things. But they were, the, the real education was that for them to be able to be around other swimmers okay. of color who, again, like I said, it wasn't, you know, uh, a special thing <laughs> that you had to put on lotion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, no, well, nobody looking at them crazy talking about why are you putting on that lotion on your legs or why are your legs white? Why are they actually, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and then you know we did that for a couple of years and then we just expanded and now we um we have a, a group of board members who we fundraise and we right. have a camp um awesome. every two years and we bring the, we we bring kids from usually from Detroit, but um, we've had some from Saginaw and Flint area. And we take them out to my co-founder's family farm, the Potts family farm. And it's an 80 acre farm. 
mm-hmm. um, and it has just amazing things. It's a uh, has a historical landmark on it. It was um, it was the it was a part a part of it was a um, the I don't know if it was the escape route or if it was just a route, but it was a route where you know enslaved mm-hmm. people went. Um, you know, that, I think they were, I don't know where they was going, but, <laughs> that's where, you know, it was there and, you know, we get, we, we were able to bring kids or we are able to bring kids there for okay. different, um, <laughs> different kinds of camps, you know, and that's the, the very first camp was a music camp okay. because we couldn't, we, we didn't have any money, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and I got a grant, you know, a grant no. but it was like, so I said, okay, I'll be the camp counselor. You ain't got to pay me nothing, <laughs> you know? And we had, you know, our kids. And one one of the events, um, you know, we took them to like the Chippewa Museum so they could learn about the Native Americans in Michigan and okay. things of that nature. Uh, we took them to a powwow. We um, took them to some, uh, some of the areas where black people actually founded the cities. Wow. Uh, you know, okay. yeah, exactly. Nobody knew, right? But they got these historical markers. And eventually we would go to a university. And that particular year we went to Central Michigan. And um, for some of those, for most of those kids, it was the first time they were ever on a college campus. Um, right. And so it was like, you know, wow. And my niece was one of the camp the um, the, the uh campers mm-hmm. that year. And um, she, you know, I just kind of watched her. She was 14, maybe 14 or 15 at the time. And I watched her, you know, just like interacting with the, the people, the, the teachers, the professors. And I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> but she just loved the campus. And suffice it to say, she is a 2018 grad okay. <laughs> of Central. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> you know, and, and I just, you know, I'm always just so proud of her. She's um, Brianna is her name, Jackson. And awesome. She's working on her masters now in uh, child psychology. So, you know, and she she never, you know, she didn't think that was something that she could do. But once she, you know, it, and it's just like with anything, you know, once you're actually in, you know, the thing, whatever it is, usually one, you say, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. You know, it's just. Yeah. You know, and and two, it's like, I actually like this. I can do this, you know. So that is our goal um, with our campers. And then we also have a scholarship. We have two scholarships. Um, One is for high school seniors, um, for African-American high school seniors um, that are going anywhere for further, you know, higher education, whether it's trade school, college, um, you know, a two-year program, whatever it is, as long as you plan on doing something. And then we have a, what we call an enrichment scholarship, okay, um, which we just started. And it, it is, um, so you know how you go to college, yeah. and, you know, people think that's the end all, right? That's the end all. Uh, like, yeah, you, know, you know, so we, 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 we actually, with one of the ways, one of the things that started, my daughter is a marine biologist and she wanted to go to a conference. And it was going to be $400, mm. you know, on her marine biologist salary at the time she was working at Disney, you know, she, she $400 <laughs> was a lot. And mommy and daddy were done. You know, we're done. We, we, we got you through college. You're young. <laughs> you know, we helped you. But, you know, these kind of things you got to figure out on your own, really, you know, otherwise you just don't appreciate it as much. So 
That made me think, though. I was like, well, if she's doing that and, and wishing she could do stuff, what are other kids? You know, what are, what other situations, right? Mm-hmm. So we decided to have a, I think it's like $500, where we, we um, put the, the notice out to our alumni. So anyone who actually applied for a past scholarship, anyone that did anything with Children of Promise, if you volunteered with us, if you, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if you were somehow connected to us, then you could apply for this. And what we, um, the our first person, um, our first winner was, his name is Miguel Ross, and he was using the monies for MCAT prep. Okay. Because he um, he's a, he's a student at Howard University, and so he was one of our scholarship winners, and you know just the, the high school scholarship. Now he was in his third year of, of at Howard, awesome. planning to go to the med school, and he said, you know, I want to help my community, but I gotta you know take the MCATs, <laughs> <laughs> and I got you know in the books is you know to, to just to prepare is like you I know, know they do it. Ain't yeah. You? So that, you know, that was something that we thought we could help. You know, it's like, you don't just drop them off at college. You know, we're going to help them get through. So, yeah, that, but that's pretty much uh, what we do. Okay. Now we got to the point. This has been a great conversation about coming on musician. You've done so much. Now we're promoting you. Go ahead. What you got? does that mean promoting me yeah i don't promote me i have a show coming up you know um i actually am so i don't do uh i don't do individual like solo um concerts too much i actually put i I do better with putting together concerts so i work with gus a couple of times gus hill um putting together um recitals and concerts of his music and other African-American composers. But right now I'm in the, the final uh, push of my season, my orchestra season. So we're doing, um, in Macomb Symphony, we have a concert um, April 14th and we're doing Mahler Symphony Number no. 1, which is called the Titan because it's huge, it's hard, it's, you know, but it is one of my absolute favorite pieces of music. It is just a, a it's fun. It is a fun classical piece of music to play. Um, and then, um, what, and see, and I just played yesterday at Plymouth United Church of Christ. We did um, Seven Last Words, and I don't have any other thing. But um, yeah, I got a Warren concert coming in. But the main thing that I would, would say is, um, you know, for everybody to go to Children of Promise, developmentservices.org to, um, see what we're doing over there with Children of Promise because the kids are, that that really is what I'm trying to focus on now. Um, sorry about my, my headphones coming out. Um, my, you know, like I said, my children are, um, I feel like my husband and I, and then all of our village, right, have successfully parented uh, my two children. Um, my daughter is a marine biologist, uh, an author, um, she just recently got married to a fabulous um, young man, and um, she's down in Florida. And my son is in Cincinnati, having graduated from Xavier University in Cincinnati, and he is um, going off to law school somewhere. Nice. And in the meantime, you know, he he works with his dad. He helps keep him 
uh, on track until he can be a full-fledged lawyer and you know work in the practice but okay. um yeah so that's that's pretty much um all right. all I can a, promote me about <laughs> got a few more questions sure um your benefit advice for AFLAC insurance how different is that of an environment from your musical environment yeah so I I actually um started AFLAC um in October of 2021. So it's just been a little over a year. And, uh, you know, I went in thinking I was doing administrative work because I, I'm a good typist, you know, and all that. And, you know, I loved my director, Steve Grayson. He was awesome. And next thing I know, he started talking about commissions and stuff. And I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? And he convinced me, you know, to stay in. So, what I found is that I am able to use a lot of what I learned, um, just my learning how to play an orchestra, right? How to be a team player, how to fit in. And then at the same time, um, being a soloist, you know? So it's like all of those things, right? And being a soloist, you gotta be on top of your game. You can't mess up, you know what I mean? Cause this stuff is out there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I really, you know, that's really helped me with my AFLAC because I, you know, I realized I can't just wing it. You know, there's no winging it. You, I'm out here by myself. <laughs> you know? I'm an independent agent. <laughs> you, know? Can't wing. But, you, you know, you know, you can try. You can't wing. You got, you got to know a little bit. Of no, you got, you got to know your stuff. You know, and so I have some phenomenal mentors um, that, you know, in the, the business and then just some people alongside of me. But so but it's different in the sense that, you know, I got to convince people that they need something that they need. OK, it, it's not that you need something that, you know, you don't need. It's like I'm coming to you because you really do need this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and you can't wait until after you have the accident. To get it, you know, you can't wait until you know you in the hospital. It's like you know, yeah. you, you you need this. So and and I've been coming across some amazing people, just absolutely amazing, that you know have opened my eyes to business and just the business world, and okay. you know, so it, it is different, but at the same time, you know, it's not. <laughs> Um, what has been your biggest challenge on your journey? I, you know, I, I think the 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 truthful answer to to answer to that is believing in myself. Okay. Um, from you know, there was a time where I was very self confident. You know, you couldn't tell me anything. I, I had a teacher who told me, you know, I can't believe you just kept playing while those the jury was talking. I was like, well, I needed the tune. What do you mean? And he was like, oh my God, that was just you. You know, you're not supposed to do that. I said, but I got it, right? I got the I got the grant. They they picked me, so it's okay. <laughs> you know? That you know, I was like that for a very long time. And then somewhere along the way, I just, you know, kind of lost confidence in myself and didn't believe that I could do certain things. And so it kept me from trying. And, you know, and so those, those kind of challenges are, you know, that's that inner challenge, right? It, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's not somebody else. It's not even, you know, yeah. what somebody I else said. It, it's just me believing in myself. So I, I yeah. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Your words, what has been your big, your impact on your journey? 
Um, I think my biggest impact has been on my family. Um, I was one of the first persons in my family to go to college. Um, and on my mom's side, my mom is the third of 11, of 12, I'm sorry, the third wow. of 12 children. Um, I have three aunts. We were all in high school together. Okay. Uh, we were on homecoming court together. How about that? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, um, and I was the first one of that, of those, I'm the second oldest of about 120 cousins okay. on my mom's side. And I was the first one to go to college. So, um, not really thinking about how that meant, what that meant at the time, but now when I, now, right, 40 plus years later, I've got a cousin that has a uh, PhD in education. I've awesome. got three or four MBAs. I have um, two engineers um, and these, you know. That's awesome. Like, I, yeah, you know, and I am, I had an uncle that went to college, but he didn't stay. And I did have a cousin who, um, my mom's cousin, these older cousins, I'm telling you cousins, right? Cousins are amazing. They can be really amazing people. My That's my true. cousin Fran uh, was the president of a university in, okay. in Pennsylvania, and she was the first black in 150 years wow. and the first woman. And she was so real. I absolutely loved her. Her her inauguration service had her um, you know the 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 ceremony. She had African drummers. She had an African okay. drum. She had a choir. She, you know, she was just like, <laughs> you know, and yes, I am president Francine McNary. Yes. <laughs> and, know. You know, and, and I watched her in just the settings of just every day. And she was just so down to earth. And so I wanted to be like that, you know, with my family because she influenced me. And I was like, so I, I, I like to think that that was my biggest impact, you know, especially when I look at the numbers. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's powerful. Like man does yeah. yeah. Told the way that it can be done because some right. people need that one like, yep. and we all talking about, we're going to get to that light we see, but I don't know how to do it. And like, wait a minute, this person, they carve it out of path. Hey. Right. Exactly. Sure. exactly. Let's try that. Yep. And everybody start coming through like, dog, because don't don't close the door. Once you get through, <laughs> leave it open and leave the rope out there. They got right. The leave the rope. Yes, leave okay. the rope. Mine, mine. Yeah. Oh, mine. Don't do that. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. Yep. So now it's time for that Yoda game. Oh Lord. <laughs> the answer is for you, boy. What advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose? <sighs> so, uh, you know, my number one advice would be just to seek God. That's the number one. Um, and, you know, most of the times in seeking him, you will find that it comes through other people. Right. And so it's just so important who your squad is who your posse is, who you travel with, who you do things with, because, you know, if you got somebody, if you have a group of folk around you telling you what you can't do, no matter how hard you try to do it, you know, so at some point it's going, you know, sink in that you can't do it. And, it, and it's a lie. It's just not the truth. And, you know, I, I my cousins, right, my, my older cousins, 
my mom and dad, my, you know, my in-laws even, oh my gosh, they, you know, they're just the most encouraging people. And, and my, one of my friends, she would always say to me, hey, Monica, you know you can fly, right? And I was like, girl, what's wrong with you? No, I can't fly, <laughs> you know? But that was what she saw in me, you know? And so when we would have conversations, there was never any, you know, well, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you, you know what I'm saying? It was always, you want to try it? All right. Well, what do we need to do? Because I'm going, I'm going to try it with you or I'm going to help you try it or whatever. So that honestly, that is, um, you know, really just to know who you have around you and make sure that they're for you That's and true. that they, you know, are, you know, trying to help you get to where you want to go. They're not trying to go to Chicago and you trying to go to Florida. You know, and they're they telling you how to get to Chicago. It's like, I'm trying to go to Florida. No, nah, girl, you want to go to you want to go to Chicago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they ain't for you to doing that. Yeah. So how did you like this experience? You know, I, I guess I can talk more than I thought I could. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. I do because obviously you made me feel very comfortable, and, and I appreciate that in, in a very big way. So, gotcha. yeah, thank yeah. you. I appreciate you sharing the story. It's been a treat to listen to a, a accomplished musician like yourself just oh, throwing knowledge you. out there. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Pretty I appreciate awesome. that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So we want to thank co-founder and former president, Children of Promise Development Services. Retired owner of Violin Studios, Monica Lee Jackson. Orchestra Chamber of Music Violinist, Monica Lee Jackson, for sharing her story. And that Yoda game at the end. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what God got me. Because now, a guy knows kid. I'm hard-headed. Because had I not listened, I wouldn't be doing this right now. But, you know, God hit him. Right. Right. Doing like that. Make sure I'm out here doing it and being yeah. awesome like yourself. Thank you. So I hope you have fun. Hope everybody yes. enjoys. Share it with people. Oh, we got a few people. Yeah. I put up here Leonard McCormick. Oh, that's my brother. Oh, he's amazing. Okay. He's retired. He's one of those ones that was told he couldn't do stuff, and he can retire from thirty-two years of, of um, teaching. Uh, and he was we, told he can't. Yeah, you can't. Mm -mm. He, 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 you can't even graduate from high school. How you gonna be? What? No. <laughs> That's my coming. husband. Lord help me. <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't go boy like that. He's showing up for you. Get him in the end. Shout out to, to, the, to the brothers out here that's barely doing their thing. Shout out to <laughs> Lou. Giving that man a hard time. He's showing up. Yes, he knows. He know I, love. I loved it him. Do that, man. And we got Pam Esquire. Oh. That's his associate. Hi. Thank you, Pam. Yeah, I got to have all y'all on. I'm going to reach out to y'all on LinkedIn. Writing these names. <laughs> yes, they are all amazing. They I are absolutely stories, amazing. Yes. Every last one of them. Absolutely or amazing. Or if you don't, reach out to me, Jeffrey. I was on LinkedIn because I need these stories. I'm going to send you all this stuff. Hey, do mm, it. Now. <laughs> do it. I, I got to do every career field. I'm trying to get them all. And that's... Uh, <laughs> What? That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's my awesome. child. That's my mini me. That, that's awesome. All that's the love. my mini me. Mm -hmm. awesome. This is who the piano was for. <laughs> we got another one. 
Ryan Jackson, great job. <laughs> oh, thank you all. I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Show them showed out for you. I appreciate the views. Yes. Love and my so family. For being on here. Make sure I get the thank comments. Thank you, Jeff. I know. Yeah. I thank you for doing it because I saw your resume like, yeah, I got to have her on <laughs> It's a little different. I'm sorry, it's a little different to have a musician because you start talking music stuff and like, yeah, I understand. Like, yeah, yeah, I could do a whole hour on just music. Mm -hmm. Man, 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 for real. Yeah. You ever thought about doing a book? It was nice knowing you, Jeff. Oh, yeah. you. <laughs> My spidey sense ain't crazy on the author aspect. <laughs> you ain't trying to do it yet, but I, I feel you. I feel you, Monica. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's coming. <laughs> you got a few more. Pots. Excellent interview. That's my that's my co-founder. Thank you, Tony. She's amazing. Yeah, I appreciate the hit the like button. Appreciate that. Hit the like button. <laughs> that's a term now. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Well, then that's everybody that wants to get to show their love to you. People are amazing. Thank you. Thank you are you amazing. Too. Hope you enjoy the rest of your resurrection yes. weekend. All you right. Food. I don't know what you I mean. too. Happy Resurrection Day tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to be in there doing it. Just going to be just getting it. Just getting it I, with I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be at home. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Put, put your work. What? What? Yes. You know, COVID messed up all of our stuff. It just messed up everything. And so people, they cut stuff out and they ain't brought it back. <laughs> I got you. It was like, you. oh, we can, we can do this without having to pay people. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, if, if you want, you can leave out after I hit the outro. Thank you. Till next time, everybody.